Thank you for downloading this episode of A History of Central Florida podcast. This is the podcast where we explore Central Florida's history through the artifacts found in local area museums and historical societies. This series is brought to you by Riches, the regional initiative to collect the history, experiences, and stories of Central Florida and the Orange County Regional History Center. I am Kevin Stapleton, and I will be your host for this episode titled Highwaymen Paintings. It was the 1950s in America, and Dinah Shore encouraged Americans to see the USA in your Chevrolet. Each summer, families loaded up the car for a road trip to the mountains, parks, and beaches. Many of these families came to Florida for the tropical weather and the allure of the sea. The Space Coast was prominent in the national news, and the Atlantic beaches, just a short drive away, drew people by the thousands. Millions of photos were taken, but there was no more vivid a memory of the trip than a surrealistic landscape painting purchased on the side of A1A, the road that was the first Main Street of Florida. The paintings were timely, local, unique, and priced for the average family. This is the story of not only a series of paintings, but a group of painters collectively known as the Highwaymen. Their name was given to them by Jim Fitch in the 1990s, the owner of the Kissimmee Valley Gallery. Al Black, one of the highwaymen, tells us about the creators of these popular works and who bought them. Well, we, at the time, we would go up and down the highway. I was the salesman for the group when it first started. I went all up and down the highways and selling the paintings. If I had 30 paintings that day, I would sell 30 paintings that day. Uh, used to, couldn't sell our paintings in the galleries and all. Uh, we'd have to sell them at the trunk of our car up and down the highways and motels and doctor offices and all. Uh, back then, the paintings, they was cheap, but they was nice paintings. And people loved it, the uh, Florida scenery. And they were bound to decorate the offices and the motels and all in their homes. And I would go to the doctors, real estate offices, uh, beauty salons, and motels. And that's mostly the people were bound. And they were uh, bound because they were the African-American artists and sellers were part of the landscapes they painted. They lived in the segregated parts of town in Fort Pierce and Vero Beach and in the rural communities nearby. Many of the artists were self-taught, although some took advice from Albert Bean Backus, who had studied at the Parsons School of Design in New York during the 1920s. Bean Backus had a minor reputation as a landscape painter and was able to show and sell paintings, perhaps because he was one of the pioneers of this style. His commercial success could also be attributed to the fact that he was a white man, as it was not possible for African Americans to show their work in local galleries. Gary Monroe, a professor of art at Daytona State College, has authored several books on the highwaymen. Here he comments about Alfred Hare, often called the heart and soul of the group, as well as the style of the other artists. The, st- the style that the Howardman practice is, is rather shared. Um, it's characterized by quick painting, 
Uh, they called it fast painting. And they, they could, Alfred Hare one time had a studio going. It was a converted porch in which he enclosed and put two-by-fours where he could nail up to 20 boards. And he would work on 20 paintings at one time. When the um, blues were mixed, he would do all the skies. He'd go to the, then he'd mix up another color and do the, do the ground. Then he'd mix up around and work on the trees. But I should point out that they were never the same. He never painted the same painting twice. They were all realized in the moment rather intuitively, and they were all described and finished rather differently. But they used the same template. And I think that's because they stripped bare um, anything that was decorative to arrive at something that was... Um, more primal, more about the archetype of, of the land and its experience. And I think that was largely what resulted in their being so popular. So I think that, that the painterly style actually worked to their advantage as art and as um, an inspirational message to these people who were buying these paintings in the 1960s and the afterglow of the war um, in, in the um, nascent days of the um, space um, exploration, which was happening just up the road for them. Um, it was still good times, and these pictures sort of celebrated this version of the American dream that people were flocking to Florida for to, uh, to, to live. It was their version of the American dream with a tropical twist. And these paintings, I kind of see as almost like trophies for having arrived in this paradise that was so well um, described in these, um, in these paintings. Vernacular art, made from local materials and by local artists, is a primary expression of material culture. It defines the region and the processes that are developed in that region that are dependent on the local population. The early highwaymen were disenfranchised in many ways, politically, socially, and economically. But they still strove to make their own course, challenge the field of contemporary art, and seek to prosper through their work. Twenty-six people have been identified as highwaymen, including Mary Ann Carroll, the only woman in the group. Although they have moved away from the highwayman style of art after the 1970s, both Carol and Al Black are still working today. Gary Monroe discusses the more prominent highwayman painters. There's really five core highwayman painters. Alfred Hare and Harold Newton are the progenitors. And in that first tier along with them is um, Livingston Roberts, James Gibson, and Roy McClendon. And those are the five that really um, established the aesthetic. This is a quintessential Harold Newton, one very desired by collectors. Um, they, they, they love that sense of Florida with that striated um, orange um, evening sky, that incredibly serene sense of being. You know, very few of these paintings, in fact, I dare say none of them, have any real worldly accoutrements. The paintings, from a visual point of view, were stunning. Bright colors heavily applied to the medium. The techniques gave the work an unreal quality, distinctly different from the bucolic landscape paintings before this time. The scenes of palms, birds, and tropical water combined nature and the imagination, and the works were trimmed with crown molding. It was a style and method all their own. Al Black tells us about the materials used to produce the paintings. We painted on Upson board uh, back then. I used Grumbach oil. Uh, they had one time, they said we used it cheap house paint, but we never painted with house paint. We used oil paint on all our paintings. Well, they didn't know. 
and you know when they start to talking and all you know and didn't know those same paintings what I sold for thirty five forty dollars back then they selling for thirty five hundred and more now the materials they used were only one signature of the highwaymen Gary Monroe tells us about another it's the way they painted that makes them distinctive. You know, A.E. Backus uh, encouraged Alfred to paint um, his heritage, and he didn't mean to paint um, African-American themes. He meant to paint the landscape, but to paint it without the, um, I'll say, hindrance of academic training. He encouraged them to paint intuitively, and in fact, I think that the highwayman's distinction comes as colorists. Uh, they're totally free and responsive, and using color um, metaphorically, I've heard naysayers comment that, well, they didn't get the sunset quite right. It's not that Bloody Mary red. Well, first of all, if you grew up in Florida like I did, um, over the Everglades at certain times of the year for about two minutes, it is that Bloody Mary red. But I think more to the point, if they didn't um, achieve the exact hue, it's quite irrelevant because the, the, um, the, the colors that they did use um, just vibrate metaphorically with experiencing, for example, a Florida sunset. They didn't work from photographs, or as I said, on location. They simply a a attacked their boards, painting with oil, all oil paintings, wet on wet oil, with an, with a pa often with palette knives and pasta. It was very energetic, and I, I, I think it's that quickness um, that left a very suggestive kind of imagery that beckoned viewers to lend their own uh, meanings, to, 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 to lay their own narratives over these sort of stripped bare um, but thoroughly realized renditions of the Florida scene. The Howemen learned from each other and developed methods to sell their paintings all over the coast of the central Florida region. Making money from their art was a good alternative to working in the groves or packing houses where most of the other African Americans found employment. As the decades went by, a second generation of painters, mostly friends and family, entered the field, and it is estimated that anywhere from 200 to 50,000 paintings were made and sold up until the 1990s. There were never titles for the paintings, and most of the work went unsigned. Jack Hempley of Fort Pierce was quoted as saying, We knew not to push above the white man. You had to be anonymous. Finally, Gary Monroe comments on their legacy. You know, I think the Highwaymen left the visual legacy of modern Florida. I think it's their paintings that captured um, uh, mid-century Florida with eloquence and insight and um, really are, are the only testimony we have um, done by a conglomerate of people um, without pretense that speaks so well of this time and place. And I think they deserve to be recognized um, as artists and contributors to our shared culture. If you would like to see an original painting of the Highwaymen, and other artifacts that tell the history of Central Florida, you can visit the Orange County Regional History Center located at 65 East Central Boulevard, Orlando, Florida, 32801. Make sure to join us for our next episode, Diploma Plate. <laughs>